And welcome back to Beer and Football. It feels like it's been so long. We left everyone hanging. What a cliffhanger it was at the end of the season last year. We just kind of stopped. A lot of things went down, but we are back to kick off the new season of the Premier League and football around the world. I am Mike, and I am joined by the Thruple with Jeff and Joe. How are you guys doing, Jeff? Tell the people how you are. Hey, Mike. I, I, I could be better, um, although not a whole lot. So um, the, the pandemic has been fun. Get to work from home. Get to do fun stuff. But uh, overall, Mike, I can't complain. And the new season is coming up. Uh, we had a fantastic result last season. I'm excited for it, and we got some, we got some good. We got a lot to go over here, and uh, before the season starts, and we wanted to get this in before that season did get kicked off uh, to kind of wrap some things up. But uh, before that, Joe, how about you? How's uh, how's your summer going? How's how's work going? And overall, how you doing? Uh, summer was good. I mean, we had a lot of time at home and able to do some stuff around the house, hang out, and. And, you know, spend some good quality time with family and with some friends and, you know, kind of kick back a little bit and slow everything down, which was nice. School started back up. We're full remote. So I'm able to work at home, uh, which is nice. It has its benefits. You know, I'm able to mute students when I need to and I can't do that in person. So <laughs> there's a plus to that. Um, but it's just different and it's our new normal at the moment and getting used to it. But everything's good so far. Can't complain. Good to hear nice. you guys are doing good. It's been... Mike, um, is there a reason why we took two months off? Um, there's a, a small reason, um, a nine-pound, five-ounce reason. Um, my wife and I had our first child um, f- almost four weeks ago. So uh, that put a, a kink in things a little bit and had to focus on other things other than the podcast. So, um, audience, I apologize, but... I put that aside to get the podcast back on. I'm focused and ready to go give everyone what they want, and that is football content. So um, we are back. The Thruple is back. Very good. Congratulations, Mike. Um, Beautiful-looking baby. Uh, unfortunately, it looks too much like you. Uh, it's <laughs> going to have some problems going forward, but Definitely. work through it together. Yeah, he's going to be too good at football. That's what his problem's going to be. <clears throat> and he's an Arsenal fan, and he doesn't know it yet, but, you know, it's uh, – I'll see if I can uh, convert him at an early age. Uh, <laughs> well, he's already watched Arsenal beat Liverpool, so he's off, off to a good start. So I think split the difference and be a fire fan. <laughs> <laughs> and hate football altogether. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we are back. Um, we like, like Jeff said, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to go over just about everything we can and preview the upcoming season at the same time. So... Let's kick things off a little bit. The end of the, the Premier League happened um, at the what, beginning of May, mid-May, and um, one team won it, three teams went down, and um, we're going to talk about that first. So the first thing, the, the bottom three, the three teams that got relegated were Norwich, Bournemouth, and Jeff's old favorite club, the team he was fighting for all season that was second to Liverpool, is Watford. They, uh, they had some, some struggles down the stretch. They made some big choices late on in the season after the restart, and I think it cost them. Jeff, what happened to your guys over at Watford? Yeah, they, they changed their um, they changed their coach with, what, two, three games left, and if you look at the last three games, they lost all three. Um, that's not a surprise. 
they had uh, they had fate in their hands with Villa not playing fantastic, but they just couldn't do it. Uh, ended up one point below the drop zone and you know, two goal difference. So uh, Villa was able to squeak it out the last day, and Watford just ran out of steam. Uh, I think that Delafeo going down and, and, and coach uh, taken out, you know, taken out before the end of the season didn't help, and goals was kind of dried up. And, they couldn't pull it off. Right? The miracle of, of Jeff's wish list couldn't happen. But um, Norwich, if you looked at their last half of the season, is horrendous. Um, it, I mean, they they just tried to play good soccer and couldn't do it. Um, but I guess uh, out of the three, uh, I'm most surprised of Watford going down. Um, Joe, what do you what do you think out of the three? Who who most surprised you? Yeah, I think it's Watford, too. I think they had some good players on their team that you would think that they would have avoided the drop um, just based on their pure talent alone. It's just those business decisions and, you know, they'll always be wondering if that was the cause. The players, they might have still had those same results with the same coach, but it's never a good choice to remove the manager, you know, with so few games left when it's that important. Um, And then, you know, they might not want to play for the new manager. There's just a lot of things that go into that decision. And, you know, now a lot of those players, when they saw that coach got let go, they probably were thinking, well, if we go down, I'm going to move. So it's not that big of a deal for me. And, you know, that was that was surprising because they played some good football when they were at their best. They were, they were a fun team to watch. And they're always, you know, they're hard workers and they did that the right stuff. Uh, but, you know, they're – they're down in the championship now and players are you know leaving left and right and you know they're gonna have a tough fight in the championship too i I think especially when you know teams go down and a lot of their team moves away and that's when they start to see a lot of problems like i think norwich i think they knew they were probably going down at the beginning of the season so they didn't buy a lot they didn't you know spend a lot and they knew that this was just a a fun year for them i think i think that they're they knew that ahead of time and they tried to play and you know, they were, they just made mistakes. They just made mistakes and then they get scored on and they couldn't score. And you know, that's not a good combination, but I think that they'll be fine in the championship. I think that, you know, a lot of, not a lot of those players are going to be moving on. I think they're kind of championship level players um, with some sprinkled in talent that can, uh, can keep them to get that back up and back in the prem. And I think they're just kind of a, a team that goes up and down, and I think they're okay with that. Yeah, so Mike, uh, I was curious, what, how much of an effect of uh, Frazier not playing do you think it played on Bournemouth going down? <clears throat> I think I it... You guys are big fans. I, I think it played a, a pretty big role. I mean, he... I mean, I'm pretty vocal about my opinion on, on Ryan Frazier and what his actions were. I mean, he audibly told the club that he's like I'm not gonna play after the restart I want to move and I'm I'm gonna just train to my own and and wait for that move he could have helped his team survive um he could have done more like he showed that he was for himself over the team instead of the other way around which is um in my book pretty unfortunate and uh, he was linked with Arsenal and that's not the kind of player that I would want at my club um so I'm kind of glad that he didn't make his way over to North London. Um, uh, it'll be good to play against him. He, he went to Newcastle, I believe, um, along with Cal Milson. So I think we'll get a, we'll get a, 
couple more chances to play against him. And um, I just hope he doesn't bring that attitude to Newcastle. You know, I hope he has a – he's a good player, um, but I think he – the choice he made really hurt himself and his team. And I don't know, I feel bad for Bournemouth because I, I really liked watching them play for such a small club. They still – played a really good brand of soccer and they they stayed up for a long time it was like seven years they stayed in the Premier League and probably longer than they should have but for a small club to do that well I mean Eddie Howe took him as far as he probably could have gone and it's sad to see him go but I think you know they just couldn't pull it off again they, they couldn't make that run to keep him up and it's unfortunate but um yeah I'm glad Ryan Frazier is not an Arsenal player I'll tell you that much yeah, I was thinking when uh, before we signed Emery as a manager, I was kind of in the camp of you know signing him, uh, taking him away from Bournemouth. I think that he kind of had that a different attitude that I think Arsenal needed. Um, and but he was a Bournemouth guy, and I think the way where we are now with Arteta, I think we ended up finding the right guy. But you know, I think it would have been a an interesting signing if they would have tried to peel him away from Bournemouth because I think you know keeping them up and the way that they were playing they were good they were fun to watch they were a good small team that caused a lot of problems that I think Arsenal could have benefited from him um, but you know hopefully he lands on his feet I don't know if he did he sign somewhere or I'm not sure Newcastle no uh, not Frazier uh, oh. their manager Bournemouth's manager Oh, I don't. Uh, Eddie Howe has not gone anywhere. No, I don't no, I think he's. I was, I was kind of talking about him before oh. we signed Emery. I think oh, it, gotcha, it would have gotcha. been nice to, to see maybe how he would have done at a big club. Uh, I think he's an interesting kind of manager. I think he runs a different, you know, style, and I think I'd like to see him hop on somewhere and and see what he can do with a club that maybe supports more financially and can do different things. Because I like the way that he managed, and I like the way Bournemouth played. I think he just got you know, stuck in a tough situation when your clubs, you know, they're fighting relegation. They don't know what they want to do and they either spend and then hope to stay up or they just kind of rock with what they got and then they go down and that's kind of where it fell. And I think their time ran off with each other and, you know, hopefully he lands on his feet somewhere because I, I, I like him as a manager. Yeah, I think um, he was well suited for Bournemouth. Um, he was linked with Arsenal. I think it was... That would have been too big of a jump. I do like his style. I just sure. Bournemouth to Arsenal, I think, would have been too big of a jump. I think maybe like a in between, maybe like an Everton or like some middle mid range club. I mean, we'll see what Everton does this year. They've made some huge moves, but um, but so like a club like that would have been a good stepping stone on the way to Arsenal. I think that jump would have been too big for him. But like I said, I I agree with you. I like his style. I like the way he plays the game and the way he sees the game. It would have been a good addition, but. Um, I think Arteta's the right guy for us, especially right now. And unfortunate for Eddie Howe, I think he's a great guy, good manager, good people uh, manager. So hope for the best for him. Yeah, and and we'll get more on uh, on kind of the the transfer market uh, as we get on with the podcast. Uh, we got we got a lot to talk about there because that's kind of the big thing going on now. Um, so you know Norwich, Bournemouth, and Watford down. Um, let's talk about top four now. So. Not too big of a surprise for one and two, based on how the season went. Um, Liverpool finishing, what, 18 points ahead of City. City City finishing, what, 15 points ahead of third place. 
So some huge gaps there, but the you know the third through seventh place was uh, pretty tight for a while. Um, so actually, it was like third through twelfth at some point. Um, that got pretty close. Um, but United pulled out third um, on goal differential. Chelsea squeaked out um, fourth, and I think just as big is City missing out on the top four. Uh, since they were sitting there for such a long time. Um, so, yeah, that's our Champions League spots, Liverpool City, Man United, and Chelsea. Surprised? Um, is this, did you guys see this coming midway through? What, what are you guys' thoughts on pretty much third and fourth? Yeah, I mean, one and two. I mean, I'm surprised. At the same time, I'm not. I mean, I think I, call, I said it in a pod a while back that Leicester City – probably won't hold on and they'll probably fall apart. Um, that's kind of the way um, Rodgers does. So like his teams tend to fall apart at, at big moments. Um, and they just kind of lost the plot. They went all the way from second to what, fifth. And um, and it's that was the kind of biggest, I thought, you know, City and Liverpool should have been there. Um, Chelsea and Man United, I mean, that was... It was exciting to watch that finish as much as like I don't like those teams. Um, Christian Pulisic was someone fun to watch for an American um, to see Chelsea play, and um, you never want to see you know another London team finish higher than you. But I mean, it, he was exciting to watch. They played some pretty good football, um, and it was a very tight finish. I think they got a like goal differential. Chelsea like had to win um, their last game just to ensure that they finished in the third spot. And you know, man, you went on that run like since they signed Fernandez probably the best signing of the January window, man, they, they went on such a tear and they were a completely different team after he signed. So it was, it was exciting to watch. It was a good finish and just glad Tottenham didn't squeak in there somehow. And, um, it was fun to watch. Those last few games were a lot of, a lot of excitement, a lot of, a lot of good football. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was a good, it was a good end of the season. I think it was, a lot of entertaining football being played and, you know, a lot of games that had a lot on the line, which was, which always is the best way to end a season with a lot of games mattering. Um, so it's, uh, it was a good end. And I think, I think the way the top four finished, I think is seemed right. I think the way that they were playing over stretches and yeah, Bruno Fernandez like turned Manchester United around. He just offered them something different and, you know he's. I don't. I don't like United, but he's. Uh, he's a good player, and he's an interesting, you know, fun player that's gets himself in really good situations, and he's gonna be hard to play against. Yeah. Who? Which team? Can you say any other team that the uh, the break benefited more than Man U? Um, letting Pogba get healed and and just getting the whole team back up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, man, they they definitely turned it on after the the, re, the project restart. And uh, Lester just just crapped the bed. Yep. <clears throat> um, I was surprised to see Tottenham still so high with how just poor they seemed to be doing for such a long time, and yet they were still um, you know towards the top. Uh, unfortunately, they picked out Wolves for the the European spot, which I wanted to see them go on another run because they were exciting to watch in Europe this last year. And even Sheffield United, who put in a hell of a season, punching above their weight class, 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was fun to to see it go down to the wire, and um, and that's who we get to watch in in Europe next year: um, Liverpool, City, United, Chelsea, Leicester, Tottenham, and Arsenal. You know it. Hey yo, I was really hoping that. Um, Arsenal coming in the back door with the FA Cup win. That was that was the game plan all along. Like we were so far out, the only way we had to get in was the FA Cup, and um, I was really hoping it was Tottenham in that seventh spot that we would knock out of Europe. But it was unfortunately Wolves who were probably more deserving than Tottenham and probably even Arsenal <laughs> the way that we were playing most of the season. But um, um, we got in the FA Cup final uh, after beating City which was a crazy game. Um, we were all chatting during the game. I couldn't watch it because I was listening to it, and then the second I felt like I turned it on the TV, it was good. the tide was going to turn, we were going to lose the game, so I just listened on the, on the radio. So I did the exact same thing for the, the final against Chelsea. Whatever works, you know, lucky underwear, beard, listening to the radio, whatever gets the job done, you know, that's what I go for. I'm very superstitious in that regard, so... Um, I was very happy to see them win those games. They played really well throughout those games as well. I mean, the way they finished the FA Cup run to finish the season, I mean, they played some really good football and uh, got rewarded for it with um, with the win over Chelsea in uh, an FA Cup. It's a trophy that what Tottenham hasn't got in all the time. They had Pochettino, what, so four years, five years, and Arteta comes in after a couple months and gets more, more trophies than Tottenham. So I'll take it. Yeah, definitely take what you can get. Um, and it's, it's limb picking sometimes, so that's you, know, you can't argue with a trophy. Yeah, and the way that um, you know Arsenal finished out the the season, won the FA Cup, um, it kind of you know brings a lot of the fans back on board and and find that like that passion and love for for the club again. And um, the beer I chose for this beer and football podcast, which we haven't talked about yet, is um, is one that. It kind of has a little nostalgia to it as well. You know, it kind of brings you back. It's called Bam Bam Loves Pebbles. It's a wheat ale brewed with, um, it's like 25 pounds of Fruity pebble cereal. Um, it is very delicious. Um, kind of makes you, you know, takes you back to the old days when Arsenal was playing really well, winning FA Cups. And um, and just, just the nostalgia. And it's a very tasty beer. It's brewed locally here in, um, in Illinois. And... Um, it's a good one to kick off the campaign, and um, I'm excited about the beer, and I'm excited about this upcoming season and, and the prospects that Arsenal have this coming season. Yeah, so you guys ended the season with a trophy. Um, another trophy that was fought for, was, fortunately none of our teams weren't in, was the Champions League. Um, so PSG had their chance to finally um, you know, rue their duck, and didn't happen again. Byron, Byron Machine was... Too much. Uh, did you guys get a chance to watch the game? Uh, yes, I watched it. Yeah, I watched it too. Uh, what did you guys think? I, personally, I thought it was a pretty exciting game, despite the one nothing um, scoreline. But um, deserved. Um, what did you guys think? Yeah, I, I just think Bayern, I think they were the best team. And I think that they deserved their win. I think that they always looked in control. Um, there were some, some moments, but, you know, they never, they're just like, they seem like they've been together forever. 
and that they just have such a good chemistry that they know where everyone's going to be and they're able to rotate players through and like they don't ever skip a beat and you know there's some good young players on that squad mixed with some really good old older players that veteran players that you know it's a really good combination i think they're, they're going to be tough i think they're the favorite again this year um going into the tournament i think that you know they're just a team that you never want to play you never want to play Bayern munich um because they're always very good and now they have the this alfonso davies at left back is just tearing it up you know it's a, and he's an mls product and he's really really tough offensively and defensively he gets back and you know he has he's he's good on the left and they got serge nabry that you know arsenal product that we let slip away um but you know they're just they were a buzzsaw and they just ran through barcelona and then you know when they beat barcelona the way they did you just felt like there was no stopping them. Yeah, it was going to happen. And, you know, PSG is a good squad, but they just, they are not Bayern Munich. And that's, it showed for me. Yeah, you got the talent at PSG, but I think you got the pedigree and the, and the history that, that favors Bayern. Uh, you got these players that know how to win, where, you know, the players at PSG really just know how to win in the French League. Um, and I think that makes a difference. You know, you, you hear people say that all the time, but when you when you see games like that, where on paper you, you compare position to position, and you're like, yeah, I mean that's pretty close to even matchup. You, you'd still, in my opinion, give it to more experienced team, and and that's got to be Bayern. So um, I didn't see I didn't see PSG pulling it out, um, and little did I know that PSG had such a great defensive record coming into the final i, I didn't even realize because they're they're known for their their front three but um psg did defend very well and they did in the final as well and only give up a goal so it was i think the right uh end result um and and um yeah i mean liverpool is no longer premier league or champions league champions so we got to win that one back this year yeah i mean they there was a good game and i think it being the way like the format it was it was single elimination i think that really helped psg get that far i don't know how well they would have done in a two-legged affair going through the stages but um, i mean that speaks a lot to on the other end of what bayern munich did to barcelona that was a court over the course of one game the amount of goals that they scored um and they were just hands down the better team. But they're, I mean, PSG had their chances. Neuer came out big in a couple saves, but uh, at the end of the day, Bayern is just way too good. Um, but that, like, do you think, Jeff, flipping that around to Liverpool, do you think they have a chance to kind of make it through um, another year in the Champions League, given the experience they had against Atletico? Yeah, honestly, um, you know, the games were pretty similar um atletico did atletico things they sat back they defended they were stubborn um they had a couple chances they took them after that you know the first leg we just couldn't finish a few we were a little rusty in front of the goal i think we were by the team for sure in the first leg second leg we just couldn't break them down and they came on and scored a few um you know two of them were at the end of the game that you know we were pressing a little higher for a winner and they 
took their chances. We didn't. So I don't like Atletico. I don't like the way they play, per se. I like some of the players. I just don't like their style. So uh, I wouldn't watch them because of that game, but I think they deserved it overall. Don't forget, Adrian played a beautiful ball. <laughs> it was a, a ping right through his foot. Yeah, and he he did experience a Carius type uh, moment. And fun fun fact is Carius is back in the squad. He looks um, good. I saw some training videos. He, I, like honestly, God, he looks pretty good. Right, uh, training videos and games are <laughs> the same thing. Uh, a little different. Basically, the exact same thing. So I think Liverpool's memories are still too fresh to allow him to get back in between the sticks. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out but um champions league coming up again uh when does that start back up again is that probably not for a little bit right anyway we got some time before we talk about, about that again right i think so yeah okay uh another tournament that finished up that was probably a little closer to home was the mls's back tournament joe you want to give us a little recap yeah, it was a good. It was a successful tournament for the league. I think it was, um, it was a great way to get them playing and back in the spotlight a little bit when there are no sports in America going on. I think it was nice to have MLS there, um, and I think they did it the right way. They did had all the right procedures in, right all all this stuff that was just. There were a lot of. It started rough um, with Nashville and. Um, Dallas, you know, having a lot of cases and having to withdraw from the tournament. But once those teams were gone, there weren't a lot of outbreaks. There weren't any outbreaks really that I knew about. And, uh, you know, it was just a successful tournament for the league. For the fire, it was a different story. Uh, they started off hot. Uh, they beat Seattle. Um, and they played really well. I, I was happy with the way that they played. I thought they did it. They, you know, had a game plan and they stuck to it and it, it worked. Um, but after that, you know, they, all they needed to do was not lose by a certain amount of goals total from the last two games. And they didn't do that. So they got knocked out, um, which just, it shouldn't have happened. Uh, very rarely in a group stage games like that, do you win your first game and then not make it through? Um, but you know, they, they didn't make it through and, you know, their tournament ended too early. For what I think, I think the way that they played that first game, they could have, they could have done better. But they're still getting used to each other, and you know there were some stories of like uh, some of the newer players that were just brought into the club right before COVID really shut everything down, and they didn't really have places to stay, and they didn't have their family couldn't come, and all those things that you know affect a person's personal life is going to take it over into the out of the field, and you know they were trying to make the best of their situation and they it didn't, they didn't play the best that they could, but you know, it's uh, it was a good tournament and I'm glad that they did it. And now they're playing regular season matches and the fire are what I thought they were. Um, I think that they're Amazing. decent enough. How are they doing right now? What's, uh, what's kind of their current status? Uh, they're second to last in the entire league. Um, they have two wins, six losses, and two ties, and you know they. But I, I think, I think they're better than the results that they have. I just think that they have a hard time scoring goals, which is a problem, and they still make mistakes. 
and those mistakes lead to goals, and that's kind of where they are right now. Uh, I think their talent is is good enough. Um, they just need to to put a full ninety together. They they haven't been able to do that, um, which is unfortunate. But I think this year we have to kind of write off, and hopefully that they can figure something out and and do the best and get ready for next year when hopefully things can get somewhat back to normal and they can move forward. Um, but there's some good, can we get a, can we get a Collier goal count so far? Uh, 10? He's 11? doing about what I expected, uh, at a big zero. Um, a lot of season was, left, a lot of season was, left. I don't know how much of the season <laughs> is left. He, uh, he is a player that you would describe as a very hard worker. Um, <laughs> Industrial type player. Yeah, yeah, he's one of those guys that you, uh, you you do not game plan against him. You kind of he he tries really hard. He but <laughs> I, I very think, very polite of you. Yeah, he's, he tries really 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 hard. He did have a chance at a nice uh, nice header goal um, last game against Real, but unfortunately went right to the goalie. Goalie still had to make a nice save, but. Um, I think he just needs more game time. It's my opinion. I think the coach is holding him back. Yeah, he needs more game time at a different league. (laughs) Maybe at a different club, I think would benefit him. He did really well in the USL last year, and I think that's kind of where he's at, his his caliber. Um, But, you know, he he works hard, which is, you can't, he tries his best. And that's all that we're, that we can hope a player does. Um, there's some players on Arsenal that I wish would try as hard as he did, um, or he does, but, you know, he's, he, he gets called on and he tries. So, so what's your prediction, uh, end of the season for the fire, uh, based on where we're at right now? Um, I think we're kind of right where we might end up. I think we're, I think we're one of the weaker teams in the league and, uh, it's unfortunate, but, I think that we just can't put a full 90 together to to get the results that we need. Um, I think we're, yeah, I think we're uh, in the, I think we, we can play well, but we can also play really, really terribly. And that's kind of just where the fire are at the moment. So they can't get relegated, so that's a plus. They'll always be true. in the top and division. If, if they could get relegated, <laughs> they would be relegated many times <laughs> over the years and I've I've been one to to see teams that I thought were the worst teams that I've ever ever seen and then I come back the next year and somehow they're worse but you know it's I was hoping that this year would be a little different and I think that the talent's better but I just think the results are the same and unfortunately it's something that kind of runs through the club at the moment but the root beer I'm drinking really has no tie into the fire it's just a good root beer um, that you know, it was a classic, and I went with IBC. So one of the good ones that I enjoy, and figured I'd bust it out for the podcast since we've had, been on a break for a little while. Old school, start strong, just yep. like the fire, and then just can go down, and yeah, that's fine. That's okay. Starting yeah. strong, that's all you can do. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pulling for the fire. I really hope that they can start to take their talent and, and put it together. Um, but uh, you can't, can't go wrong with a classic like IBC. So, um, 
Yeah, so that kind of sums up what has happened already. We, we, we talked about the Premier League and what happened there, Champions League, MLS. Now is the fun stuff, the rumor mill. Um, we got the Premier League season coming up real soon. It's starting in a couple days. And the transfer window is still going to be open for a couple weeks into the season. Uh, we got rumors flying left and right. I think Tiago Silva, uh, Tiago um, Alcantara is one of the big rumors that he's been linked with Man U, Liverpool, and everyone else. But um, we had Messi, Lionel Messi coming to Arsenal. Look out, world! Full clubs. Uh, at some point, and that, that's an unfortunate story that, you know, maybe we won't get into today, but um, might be able to touch on later. A um, lot, of, lot of people, um, you know, moving all over the place. Let's start out with um, Arsenal's ins and outs. So you guys have done some business so far, um, and you guys want to reflect on, on your business so far this summer? I mean, I'm looking at the transfer list in and out, and there's a lot. Probably not too many uh, big names, but um, some, some of note. So um, what have you guys done so far in terms of business completed? Um, I, I mean, I think we've done a pretty good job so far. Um, given the signings that we've made, um, a quasi-controversial one was Willian. Um, he, the only downside to him is that he's like almost in the twilight of his career. I think he's like 29 or 30. Like his birthday just turned, or maybe was he 31? He's he's up there in age, and he like just hit that age before he signed the contract with Arsenal. So he's going to be an Arsenal player making a pretty large amount of money into his like early 30s. And that was the one, like the like a downside to his signing. I think he's a still a good player. I mean, this season he outran De Bruyne when the Chelsea played City. I mean, he's got legs in him. Um, he's he'd be a good signing. And the, a positive thing tied with that is that Arteta wanted him. Um, he wanted that kind of player. He wanted Willian. He sees potential in him, and he thinks he can he play him in a good position that could help him. Um, like make the team better and the other you know downside to William is that he plays the same position as Pepe when you spend 72 million dollars on Pepe why would you buy someone who plays the exact same position um counteract that I mean he does play on the left he can play on the right he kind of wants to play in the middle so we're not sure where he's going to play but I still think he's got a lot of quality left in him and a kind of the experience that he's had, the things that he's won, I think he can bring some positives to the club and all the younger players that Arsenal has. Um, the other one, that, I mean, we signed Saliba last year, but we loaned him out, so he's actually an Arsenal player now, um, coming fr- from uh, Saint Etienne. He's got a lot on his shoulders. I mean, he's been our savior for the last twelve months, and. Um, we really hope that he, you know, lives up to the hype and he's a young player, a highly ranked player. And, um, I think him and the other new defensive signing of Gabrielle, I think they could form a really solid partnership for, for a lot of years to come. Um, that was an ongoing one. Uh, he was suited by, man, a bunch of clubs like Napoli, um, some other, um, big clubs in, in Europe, but he wanted to come to Arsenal 
it's good to see that Arsenal still has some like attractiveness to them to to get players to want to come to play at Arsenal, even though we're not in the Champions League. They see the potential under Arteta and they see what the things that we could do. Um, and then they did re-loan um, uh, Ceballos. So he started off really good against Burnley and then kind of fizzled out, had an injury here and there. Uh, but then I think when Arteta got um, put in the job, his game really turned around. And after the restart, I think Sabalos is probably our best player um, on, on the squad. So if we can get that Sabalos, I really think that um, he's going to be a really good player for us. And I think with all the signings we've brought in, I think we could be a very, very good good team this year and um, play some really attractive football. And we got... Um, so a lot of guys returning, a lot of young talent, and Aubameyang's still here, so I think we've got goals there. We just need someone to, to put them in with him and not have him be their only threat. So I think we're doing a good job. I think we made some good signings. I think we're, we're looking pretty good. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, I think that William, that signing is, I think it's a good signing because at the end of the season, there were a lot of locker room problems. Ozil, Guendouzi, I think it was a lot of players with, attitudes that were not around like good for the team and I think I don't know if I've ever heard a bad word about Willian um, and he seems like he's one of those guys you want to be around in the locker room he's one of those good guys like like David Luiz David Luiz seems like he has a good locker room morale building personality and we need those players at the club there's a lot of young players that are have to make a decision on how they're going to be. And you'd rather them be like William than like Ozil and Guendouzi. You'd rather have them surrounded by those players. And I think William, he, sure he's on the older side, but I think he's still got a year, maybe two years left in him that he can offer a lot to the club. Um, and the way that Arteta plays, the formation is very fluid in those forward players that, and, and he works hard. So we need those players in, in, on the field that can, can do that stuff. And I think he's a, a good role player that can fill in a lot of roles that we need. Ceballos was a big signing for this year. I don't think that we're going to get a big, another big signing that we maybe need in our midfield. And I think he can be a little stopgap until our next summer where we might have some more money with Ozil gone and Socrates gone and David Luiz probably gone. That will free up a lot of money and, then we can maybe splash a little bit of money in that position that we really need. Uh, and I, I think though, and then Gabrielle, I think, I think we might be depending on Gabrielle and um, Saliba maybe too much right now. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I think we might have to throw them in and, you know, see how they do, which is not, not ideal for a young, young players uh, at big clubs to just kind of have to, you know, swim when they might not be ready to but we're kind of at that spot where hopefully we still play this back three that that turns into a five and they'll be have more support around them and they won't be singled out as often um but they seem like they're they're good enough players and they're playing at at their starters at french league clubs and you know hopefully they can make that step up with more support around them but you know they could be I'd like to, I wouldn't mind if there are center back pairing for the next 10 years. They have that potential. You know, 
18, 19, and 22, I think that, you know, those are ages where if they can get it together and, you know, they could be the next center back pairing for the next 10 years if everything works out. So I think it's good, good young signings that hopefully turn out to be what we hope they are. But I think it's a good bit of business that we've done this summer. We'd like to get rid of some more players, but I think... Speaking of which, um, one thing I'm seeing on uh, on your guys' docket for players moving out, you guys talked a lot about players coming in, which is always the more fun one. One uh, name that really stands out going out of the club is actually uh, Mkhitaryan. Officially comes off the books. Nades, uh, make the, the Roma move official. Oh, that one is done and dusted. That's always nice. Uh, another kind of just red flag here that I'm seeing is, is you guys got a player from the Spurs on free, uh, free, uh, Jonathan Dinzier. Dinzier. I'm, I'm assuming he's a young player coming in, but you don't see too many going from Arsenal to Spurs in general. So he made a good choice. You know, he wants to be on a winning squad. So, <laughs> but yeah, so. Um, you know, no marquee signings, but I think getting Ceballos back, you know, nailing down some of your players that were from loan and, and getting a bombing to finally sign that contract will be a good bit of business in this weird pandemic times. So, yeah, one more, one last thing on the on our transfers. I think like William is tied with it. We are in a weird place in, in terms of our executive team and what they were doing as far as transfers went. And we're like, we're in a weird situation where we're like getting very close to being like only dealing with agents and having like a, a super agent kind of making all our transfer decisions. Like, um, like William's agent is the same as Luis's agent, um, Kira Draption. And like, he is this guy who's just, it almost seems like we've completely gotten away with all of like our redundancies that we, we fired off a lot of people in the club, basically got rid of our entire scouting team. Um, that kind of shows that we're going towards more of like an agent-led transfer base and like willing was kind of a sign of that and it was alarming at first because this guy just wants to bring in all of his older players get a good contract right out his last couple of years and then go you know retire or go play in like a lollipop league somewhere um, and hopefully William has that, that drive in him left we don't need any more ozels who are draining the club of money towards the end of their career and that's kind of what some of the signings like Louise was seen as but I mean he's been playing pretty well he's a pretty good leader hopefully William has that and I'd like to see a lot more signings like Gabrielle and Saliba and like youth and you know like highly rated players instead of getting those older players that are kind of past their prime a little bit and just cost too much money so I mean that was one of the controversy things about William but also I think as a club I think we need to be wary in terms of where we're going as far as our transfer um, strategy. So, I don't know. Raul leaving the club was a big step, I think, in that regard. I think he, a lot of shady things were around that. I think he was going to get caught up in some stuff, and he probably made his own exit to before all that went down. But but also, is Mkhitaryan for Sanchez the worst deal <laughs> of all time? Um, absolutely. He's got to be up there. The, the story was making the rounds that the first day at Man U, he wished he was back at Arsenal. I mean, that just kind of tells you how bad of a, a transfer and move that was all around. 
It was weird when it happened and still weird today. I mean, at least we didn't shell out $415 million on him. So, you know, I think they uh, they got the worst of that deal. But, I mean, he's off their books, I think. He's off ours, and yeah. everyone's fine now. I was worried there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, Liverpool are also, I mean, they haven't made any big signings. and um, They made some smaller signings, and... They've been linked with some big players, but I think uh, I think Werner went to Chelsea, and they've been linked with Thiago as well. But um, no one's really pulled the trigger on any of that, and they may or may not be making any signings. What uh, what have Liverpool done, and are you happy and um, okay with it? Um, so far, I'm okay. Um, our biggest notes are players going out like uh, Chiravella, um, who needed to leave. He was just at the point in his career where he. Uh, needed more playing time. He did well in the Cups last year, so I you know, wish him the best. Uh, Nathaniel Klein, who was a really good steward um, before we got upgraded to our current backs, um, had some problem with injuries, so he finally left. Um, Lavrin just didn't want to play second fiddle, so he said adios. Um, and did you guys see his goal against France the other day? Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Um, look it up. It's 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 forward quality, not center back quality. Um, oh, Lavin's goal! Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Little shimmy, bullet right corner. Yeah, left footed. Unbelievable, but um, Lalana again, someone who needed to play at this point in his career and probably just wasn't going to break through. Um, he went to Brighton, so we still get to see him around. And then uh, Ajaria, uh, who probably wasn't going to break through and needed to move, so he made a move down to the championship team riding. Uh, Panovic, he's, he's over hanging out with the old fire coach. They're going so. down. <laughs> we'll see how that Hammer. goes. Hammer Redding going down with Tom with the manager. Um, so, yeah, a lot of, lot of things going out. Um, and then only Costas uh, coming in from Olympiacos really came in to provide true left-back competition for Robertson instead of Milner having to go back there. So now we got a true right back uh, in Nico Williams. We just signed him to a long-term contract um, covering for Trent. And uh, now Costa's hanging, hanging out behind Robertson. Um, so we have you know, true backups for uh, our spots now. So that was good. That was a good bit of business. Uh, there's, you know, we, we'll, we can talk about rumors like um, Liverpool has been linked with another goalie uh, from Brazil. It's supposed to be another up-and-coming um, hopefully we can get rid of um, both Adrian and um, and. I think you should keep Karius. He looks good in training, Jeff. He's looking good. Karius's confidence is shot after the last three years of his life. Uh, there's no returning from that. Not at the top I want to put Adriana in midfield. He was playing, playing at some balls <laughs> Adrian was great for what he was, and um, he served his purpose, and we'll thank him um, very handily, but um, we, need, we need an upgrade there as well. Um, the rumors are, are flying around. Our biggest ones are Thiago coming in, and, and it really hinges on White Eldon going out. So with Coleman going to Barcelona, Coleman and White are close with the Netherlands. So um, I know Klopp had, or I read Klopp had talks today with Wijnaldum, so uh, didn't really hint which way that went. Um, 
but I think that Thiago would not come in without Wijnaldum going out. That I think that what I've been also been reading is that a lot of it has to do not just with money, but also with homegrown players and the allocation of spots for um, uh, foreign players. With England, you know, doing their um, Brexit, they they have to keep an eye on how many foreign players they have, and I think they're pretty close to the limit. So when Lavren left, we were open to sign another defender in Costas. Um, so if Wijnaldum leaves, then it'll open up a spot for Thiago. Um, who knows how it'll play out. Uh, I'd be good with either of them. Um, Wijnaldum has been huge for us over the years, and Thiago would be a fun new player to watch. Hugely, hugely talented. So I'd be cool whichever way it went, to be honest. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. If um, so, not a lot of signings have been made, Jeff. If you could sign somebody, if there's one person out there that Liverpool could sign, unlimited funds, what have you, who would it be? Honestly, um, I'm pretty okay with our midfield, especially with Curtis Jones stepping up. So I would leave that alone. Um, Bacamino uh, turned it on. Um, I think he's going to be good up top. So, honestly, and, and then even if we kept Brewster around, that would be our front and uh, our middle. I would still go out for Koulibaly. Um, uh, he's going to I, City. I, he's going to City, I man. I would love to see a Koulibaly and, and Van Dyke combo. I mean, oh, my God. <laughs> Just cream in your pants right there. Uh, you bite two in the back. This is a G-rated <laughs> podcast, Jeff. <laughs> That just means that I had uh, a sandwich that just got smashed. And, yeah. And, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. Sure. Sure. Uh, Koulibaly would be my my funds don't matter. Let's sign them to get it done. Koulibaly Van Dyke partnership dream come true. Um, and then one out, I I, I think Origi. Um, I, I think he's done so much for the club. I want him to start playing more minutes, and he's just not going to do it here. So. That's a front three a that he's not going to win a spot over anytime soon so yeah i think that's a that's yeah. a good call yeah i'd say koulibaly in origi out joe same um, question so yeah one in one out um the one in i would hmm. that we've like been linked with not like messy can't bring in messy or anything like even though we have been linked with messy um like no, realistically think... people we've been linked with who would you want to see that would, you know, fit the squad? I would like to see what's the the guy uh, at um, Leon? Arwa, Arwa, or something? Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see him. He uh, he's a good he's a good player. I think he would add to the team. Uh, I think we're we're linked with him pretty heavy right now. Uh, I think we're trying to move Guendouzi and some money for him. Um, I would like to see him. We need. We really need something in our midfield to kind of drive us forward. Uh, we don't really have that option right now. That's why Ceballos. We we have to have him. Um, otherwise, if we didn't get him, we're we're really struggling going forward. Um, just pulling the team forward. I think we're good enough when we can sit back a little bit. But I think we need something to bring us forward and to get out of the club. Um. Uh, take your pick. You only get one. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I 
I like Gwen. I think Gwendozi is a good player. Um, I think I think Arteta needs to, you know, just lay down his law and, and get people. You're either with us or you're not. And I think he's not. Um, I think moving him out would be a a good good thing for Arteta to kind of like, you know, this is we're moving forward and you're either all in or you're not here and you're gonna go. And I think that would be good for him and the club to get everyone on the same page. As much as Ozil could go, um, he's going to go next year. Um, Gwen Doozy, I think, is a, it would be a statement that Arteta could make to move out. What about you, Mike? I actually agree with both of those choices. I mean, like, we're currently linked with Arye Arwa. I'm struggling on his name, but... Um, and Partey from Madrid, Atletico Madrid... At this point, the bigger need that I see that I've been complaining about all last year was our lack of creativity in the attack, and I think he could provide that. Uh, while Pardee is a very, very solid like holding mid, I think what we have in you know Xhaka and Ceballos works right now, and I think that link that um, Arie would, would provide is way more impactful than Partey and we need someone who can link the midfield to the front line and, and shoot and be deceptive and have creativity to get us going in the final third. I think that would be a much more dynamic signing for us. And I said it, you know, last year, I think Gwendozi needs to go. I think he's kind of a cancer in the squad and in the locker room. He's a young kid. He's a very talented kid, but I think he's got some issues maybe with authority or just, you know, aggression that he can't really hold on to and, and like, like hone right now. And I think, like, and it would be a statement if we got rid of him, you know, you're either in, you're out. And Arteta is willing to be forgiving, but he's given a couple branches at this point and, and Gwendozi hasn't taken them. So I think, like, him leaving would be great. He's the kid that we can get money for. And, uh, it would, like I said, it would make a big statement going forward. And those would be my picks, I think. Has he featured at all in the preseason games? Mm-hmm. Or is he still uh, frozen out? He's just captain France's under-21s. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, we he's know the talent good, is there. Yeah, he's a good player. I, I like the talent. I like the way he plays the game. Um, and that he he's always looking to go forward. And that was something that was good to see. But I just think the way things kind of shook out at the end of the you know, the season, I think that he, I think it's run its course at Arsenal. I don't think he's, I would, I would love if he could turn things around, but, you know, I guess there were problems at his former club that, you know, then it's coming here and he, I think he just thinks he's too big for what he is. You know, if he had a different attitude, he's, you know, a young kid, if he came in and just worked and, you know, found his, role in a club and then just build on it because he had that attitude and that mentality that you could see him playing in the midfield for the next 10 years and he just kind of crapped the bed and and that's it and you know he he dug his his heels in instead of like admitting that he makes a mistake and moving on because Arteta doesn't seem like somebody who's going to hold a grudge you know if if Guendouzi would have said like you know my bad like I, I was wrong, you know. I think Arteta would have, you know, you know, gave him his punishment and then moved on because that's the type of manager that 
that I think he is and I think I've seen from him that, you know, he's, what are you going to do for me right now? And Gwen Doozy kind of made his choice and I think Arteta's got to move him on. But he just captained the French team, the French under-21s, and that's a good squad. And he's their captain and their leader, so it's tough. But, you know, if we can piece him in a, some sort of deal to take a little bit of the financial strain off, I think he should go and hopefully somebody wants him. But it doesn't seem like people really want him. He's been a bargaining chip for a lot of deals, and I don't think he's as big of a bargaining chip because of his attitude. Yeah, attitude makes a difference. Um, you know, they always say that about the top talents. There's a lot of top talents out there, but you got to have the right attitude. So uh, we'll see how that turns out. Um, still, again, the window's open for, what, another two weeks or so. So see see how it pans out. It should be fun. Um, like I said, the two, you know, the season starts in two days. Um, with that, we got to get our picks in for the top four and the bottom three now before any results have come in. Have you guys thought about it at all? Um, put you on the spot and make the decision now. Take a look. Um, let's start out with Mike. I don't give it a go. But I'll, I'll give it a go. Um, I have to just take a look at the teams coming. So I think that okay, off the top of my head, I probably will just go for it. Um, so my top four, I'll start there. It's a little bit easier doing the top four, I think. Um, I think City is going to bounce back. Um, I think that Pep doesn't enjoy losing, especially in the fashion that he did this year. Um, I think he's going to do whatever he can to strengthen City and make them title contenders again and I think that Liverpool may have like ridden their luck um, a little too much last season in terms of some of the results they got especially early on and uh, so I think City will win the league next year I think Chelsea with all of the signings that they have made it kind of hurts me to say it I think they're gonna finish two um, I think their uh, front front line is going to be so dangerous um it's going to be a very difficult side to stop um i think liverpool is still going to be up there it's going to be tight but i think they're going to get third i think like the top three is going to be very close i think there's not going to be a lot of points dropped and if there are i think they're all going to be dropped similarly between that top three um I'm going to throw us out there. I think Arsenal's going to get fourth. I think that they may do better than Man U. I know Man U has made some good signings, and I think they're still in the hunt for Sancho. But I just have more faith in Arteta than I do Solskjaer. And I think that on the coaching front that way, I think we're going to come out on top. Um, I think after the Community Shield, I think think you know we're gaining momentum we're playing some really good football um I'm just gonna throw this out there we beat Liverpool twice in the last couple of months so I think we're, we're in a good spot we're going in a good direction although we did lose to Aston Villa that's a preseason game it's a friendly didn't mean much um I think we're going in a good direction I think we're gonna surprise a lot of people and I think a lot of our signings are gonna come really really good um and that includes Pepe. I think he's going to have a very good season this year. 
Um, and our, my bottom three, I do think that Villa will not squeak out this year. I think they will go down. I mean, if they get Martinez, they may have a chance because he's a very solid keeper. Um, he did a lot of good for us. But if he makes that move, he'll make them a little stronger. But um, I think Villa will go down. And I also think that Fulham is going to do what they did. Maybe not as badly as they did the last time around, but they'll go back down. And I don't know if Brom, West Brom is going to be strong enough. I think Leeds will stay up. So I think Villa, Fulham, and West Brom will, will go down this year. Um I think a lot of other teams made some really strong moves. I think Everton's making a, a play to get into that top six conversation. I think um, Sheffield is a hard team to beat, even though they don't have any like superstars. So I, I think the the middle pack is going to be a lot stronger than it was last couple seasons. And I think the newcomers are probably just going to come up and go back down, with the exception of Leeds. I think Bielsa is too good a coach for them to drop down so quickly. So that's my pick. Fair enough. Um, Joe, do you want me to go or are you good to go? I can go. I think uh, I think City are going to win the league. I think Liverpool will finish second. I think Chelsea will finish third. I just think their signings that they brought in, they're just so high-powered that I think they're going to score a lot of goals. Um, if they can gel. There's a lot of signings they brought in, but I, I think they're really good signings. I think they'll finish third. And then I think United will finish fourth. As much as I would like Arsenal to finish that. Traitor! I would, <laughs> I would like Arsenal to finish fourth. I just don't... I don't know where the goals are going to come from. It's tough. Uh, with Aubameyang, is he going to keep it up? And he needs someone to join him. Um, and I just don't know. I think we... I think our formation and the way we play suits well when we're not the favorite to win and there's a lot of teams that we should be better than that I think we'll sit back and I don't think at this point right now we have the pieces to pick those teams apart just yet I think we need to hit them on the counters and when teams sit back we struggle so I think we I think we'll finish fifth but um I think United will, will peep fourth and then uh going down I have Villa Brighton and West Brom. I just don't think Brighton's going to score enough goals to give them a chance. And then uh, Villa somehow made it out this year. They probably should have gone down. Um, so I, I think this is a bonus year, and this might be their Norwich year where they just kind of coast, and and they'll uh, they'll be going down. And then West Brom. I don't know why I picked West Brom, but... I need a team that came up to go back down, and and I think it's going to be them. What about you, Jeff? What are you thinking? If if Grealish leaves in uh, you know either this window or the next, I don't see I don't see Villa having a chance. Um, so I'm going to start with my going down. I'm going to agree with the two of you guys, Villa. Um, West Brom as well. I, I just don't know enough about them and how they play, and, and you know I don't see any signings coming in. Um, you know, and to see the other signings that these other teams are doing, um, so just by default, I, I I can't see them being better 
than the rest of the Premier League after just coming up. Um, and then I'm going to agree with Mike. Um, you know, exact same picks going down. Villa, Fulham, West Brom. Uh, yeah, Villa just not strong enough. West Brom and Fulham, I just don't know how they're going to compete without, you know, strengthening uh, to a Premier League sides. Um, I'm pretty close to you, Joe, with your top four, but I, I have to go Liverpool. Uh, number one, they, they kept, so far they've kept their pretty much their whole team together. They've only strengthened, and um, I think they'll still pip City at this point. I think it's going to be a much closer race, not 18-point gap. And then uh, Chelsea, it's hard to argue with their firepower, and Man U just... Man U with the kind of the asterisk that they need to stay healthy. If, if Man U has an injury or two in the wrong spots, um, I think that opens the door for a handful of other teams, Arsenal being one of them. Man U are just not strong enough in their depth chart to, to really go the whole way necessarily. But if they stay healthy, they're, they're tough to beat. So I'm, I'm saying Man U for now, but I might be eating those words later. You will. You will. Yeah, and they're not going to taste good either way. They're either Man U's in the top four and get Champions League, and I'm right, or Man U is not, and I'm wrong. So it's a lose-lose for me. But that's that's what my gut's going with right now. It'll be interesting to see. I think this is going to be probably one of the stronger Premier League seasons uh, there have been in a while with all the moves that have been made. Like I said, Everton made... Some big signings. They pretty much, you know, um, stripped Watford clean and picked up James uh, Rodriguez. So they're going to be a very tough team, I think. And I think Ancelotti is probably like one of the better coaches they've brought in over the years. So I think they're going to be strong. Uh, I said Chelsea's going to be strong. Wolves are going to are always strong. The way that they play, the effort that they put in. It'll be good. It's going to be a good season. I think it's going to be really strong. I think. If Arsenal can't get back to their ways of beating up the the minnows, they're gonna struggle for points. You know, like like they did this year. They lost a lot of games to the bottom half and did actually a lot better against the better teams. But I mean, it's it was a struggle. Um, but it's gonna be very competitive. It'll be really exciting to watch. Hopefully, fans get in the stands um, in the in the coming months. And I know they've been been working with it, but you know, hopefully that happens. You get more of an atmosphere there, and it's gonna be a good season, I think. Hopefully, we got um, we got two games coming up here this weekend for our teams: Liverpool versus Leeds, and Arsenal. You guys get Fulham. Both um, get to take on the the new boys. Um, thoughts on the first game? Results? What what are we doing here? I think Arsenal's gonna win. I think they're gonna beat Fulham. Um, I'll say three one. Arsenal to the good. Um, I think it'll be a good game. It'll, I'm just excited to see them back on the field, start the season. Um, Fulham, I think they play a good style. I think Scott Parker is doing a good job with them. I think he, you know, first season and in the role after being relegated, got him back up. So I think he's definitely earned his job, and he's doing a good good, um, good with their squad. And I think he, they play a good brand, and it'll be interesting. I'm glad to see him back up, but I think um, – I think Arsenal will be a little bit too much for him. Um, personally, I think Liverpool's going to beat Leeds, but I think it's going to be a much 
closer game than people think. I think the rivalry and the history between the two clubs is pretty big, and it'll be a very exciting game. I know Leeds will be up for it, and Liverpool have to start their title defense um, with a pretty pretty strong team in Leeds. Joe, do you agree? Um, yeah, I think Arsenal will win. Uh, I think maybe, I think two nothing. I don't think Fulham will score. Um, and but that's a. It, the way that Arsenal have been playing lately, they kind of have a set game game plan, and it's really working for them. If they can keep that going, and they can create a lot of chances, and they're pretty dangerous. So I, I think that they will beat Fulham. I really like Leeds. I, th- I don't think they're going to beat Liverpool. Um, but I think they're going to be a team that's going to be hard to beat. Um, and they're making some really good signings. And you know, they're... They're a team that I think is going to be around for a while. I think that they're going to be a team that stays in the Premier League for a long time. Um, but I, I don't think that they're going to beat Liverpool. I think that they'll they'll beat a lot of teams this year, but it won't be Liverpool this weekend. Yeah, and that, that kind of leads me into my beer. Um, so this is September. We're coming to the middle of September. Uh, what happens this Oktoberfest. Uh, it's the start of the season. It's the start of fall. Um, we're not quite in fall yet. We're getting really close, but Oktoberfest, celebrating a, a really good beer, start of the season, and uh, starting on the right foot. So uh, this is Bell's. Um, I have not had a bad beer from Bell's. Some of my most favorite beers, like Two Hearted, comes from Bell's. And um, they put out a pretty decent Marzen. And I'm enjoying it. So um, I'd shout out to, to Bell's Brewery for their, their Oktoberfest anytime. Um, keep it up. And with that, I agree with you guys. Liverpool over Leeds. Um, the fact that it's Liverpool over a promoted team at Anfield on opening day. Um, I don't think Liverpool can lose. I really hope that they don't have that mentality <laughs> coming out of the field. But uh, I'm sure Klopp will keep them grounded. So Liverpool over Leeds. Um, uh, Liverpool's defense is, is going to be solid. I don't think they'll give up a goal. So I'm going to go 2 nothing. And, and then Arsenal. Arsenal's defense has been really fantastic uh, lately. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's a one nothing win there. Um, <clears throat> think a little rusty going forward at this point just a guess i don't know i don't have anything to back it up on it's just a guess abomian um, didn't look rusty in the community shield just gonna throw that out there and uh, looked pretty fresh yeah i'd like to see how many shots they had on goal or even just shots in general in the second half doesn't matter they won the game how many trophies how many trophies <laughs> did they win that match we were talking about being rusty going forward um not trophies thank you oh. um that's all right. We just talk about trophies here in Arsenal. Just talk about yeah. winning games. That's all. That's all we do. Winning, winning the FA Cup because that's the only cup that you like to win. Hey, uh, trophy's the trophy. The cup. <laughs> it's good to be back. It's good to be back, man. It's it's good to get back into this conversation. It's two v one. You'll never win. I need to get Andrew on this, uh, this podcast <laughs> to even this out a bit. But uh, Arsenal one nothing. Uh, Liverpool two nothing. And um, I just can't wait. I'm going to be in full gear, get my scarf out, um, 
my socks, my my jersey, my hat. I'm gonna. I'll be. I'll be decked out. I'm excited for it. Uh, Stellan's first Premier League game. His first Arsenal game was a Community Shield against Liverpool, but uh, his first Premier League game is two days from now. I'm pretty excited. Got the outfit already picked out. We're going to wear the same one a couple weeks ago. It's going to be awesome. Fun little, uh, you know, looking forward. I'm looking at Liverpool's schedule. we got Chelsea coming up the following weekend and then Arsenal at the end of the month. So hopefully we can do some fun for that. You, you know, maybe get together and, and do a, a live podcast. But we'll see. Uh, yet to be determined. But that's coming up in three weeks. So uh, two weeks. Sorry. Um, so exciting stuff. A lot of good stuff coming this season. Like I said, it'll be a very competitive season. But um, I think that's. I think we covered everything we we set out to cover on this podcast. That was. Um, about three months after our last podcast, it feels like feels like the uh, the shutdown happened all over again. And uh, it's good to be back with you guys. It's good to uh, talk about football and talk about the leagues and get back into the swing of things. Drink some beer and talk football. It's what we're here to do. It's uh, the good old stuff. Um, but yeah, we mentioned it there. It's some big games coming up this weekend. And um, Quick shout out to Bell's Brewery, IBC, and Will County Brewing for the uh, this week's choices on uh, drinks. Um, I think we're going to get back into some fantasy um, competitions in between the Thruple and then maybe the Pick'em. Get that going again since Joe just plummeted in the in the results tally at the end of the the restarts. He's going to try and redeem himself, and uh, we'll get that posted up on Twitter. In case you forgot, since it's been so long, Beer Football Pod. On Twitter, repeat beer football pod. Tweet us. We'll take some questions. We're looking at getting some questions on there, and uh, we'll answer anything that comes our way. And we'll continue getting um, all the content and and some new beers coming at you as well. Um, anything else you guys want to add before we um, set off and get ready for the Premier League? I'm excited for the season to come up. Um, title defense, first uh, first one that I get to experience in my lifetime. So I'm excited for it. It's going to be a fun season. Um, it's uh, There's a lot to look forward to, and I'm glad it's back, and keep it going. Well, as long as the season will be back, I'm, uh, like I said, I'm glad that the podcast is back and we're getting together and doing this. So um, from the thruple to everyone out there, we appreciate you, and uh, we will be back next time. And as always, next round's on us. Cheers. Cheers.